This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. He was supposed to be the next LeBron James, but injuries have derailed the career of Zion Williamson through the first four seasons in the NBA. Does that mean the New Orleans Pelicans should trade him? This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you on this Wednesday afternoon, presented by Progressive Insurance. And the news we got today, Nick, is that Zion is actually like a good thing. He's cleared to return to basketball activity to do things on the floor. In the meantime, he's got that hamstring injury. We have not seen him play since the very early part of January, but but he is, has been cleared for activity. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks and has the potential, if all's good at that point, to return for the final three games of the regular season. But we've heard this story before. We've heard the New Orleans Pelicans get hopeful, maybe even eager about Zion Williamson's return from an injury. It happened last year when he didn't even play at all during the season, only for it to, there to be some sort of setback to not have him actually get back on the court. And frankly, when I think about what it would look like for him to come back this year, I think about the ramp-up period and time it would take for him to get back in basketball shape and all of that, and I just don't see it happening because we've been here before and it hasn't happened before. Courtney, think back to last year. Oh, well, if the Pelicans make a little bit of a run in the playoffs and then they got in and then they got into that first-round series, well, Zion could come back. It never happened. I just – I don't trust him. It is – it's really sad. When you think about what he has shown when he's been out there, he's been really, really good. But he's gone through injuries – he gained a whole bunch of weight that I think he's still trying to shed as he makes his way back this time onto the court. But how could anybody who has followed his career, but certainly since he came into the league from Duke, feel like this is somebody that you'll be able to build around for a long time? I don't see it. And if I'm the Pelicans, I'm considering everything I can moving forward. 114 games over four seasons. That is Zion Williamson's career, and really over three seasons because he didn't play during the 2021-2022 season due to his foot injury. The potential was limitless when they drafted him out of Duke after playing one season, but the injury concerns were there. The New Orleans Pelicans knew that when they landed Williamson with the number one overall pick in the 19 NBA draft. They thought they hit the jackpot at that point, and in the, if we were judging it off potential, they certainly did. But these injuries have been something that have derailed his NBA career as a whole. He's only played in more than 30 games one time, and that was during the COVID night. That was the, during the season following the COVID-19 shortened season, which was the bubble season. That was 2020-2021. So what does what do the Pelicans do with Zion Williamson at this point? Do they want to keep him in the fold? Do they want to try to bring him back from injury and see if they can make a push into the playoffs where they are currently right now the 11 seed tied with the Los Angeles Lakers. Not so fast says Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst who was on NBA Today believing the Pelicans should move on from Zion Williamson. 
I would actually trade Zion. To who? I would find well, a pack, find I would find someone and trade him because again, you just asked a question about for us, like basically, can you trust him to be your franchise guy? And since he came in the league, no, because you can't you can't trust that he's gonna be available on the floor. And so when I look at this situation, I'm like, okay, this is starting to be a trend. Like every single season, we like, oh, Zion and lost weight, Zion looks healthy, then all all of a sudden, this happens. If I'm the Pelicans, I have Brandon Ingram, I have uh, CJ McCullough, I have a bunch of young pieces that are over there playing extremely hard, that has a bright future. I would actually consider trading him this offseason, to be honest with you. So Kendrick Perkins thinks the Pelicans should cut their losses with a two-time All-Star. And that's hard to think about four years into this when he could could the giant like coulda woulda shoulda here be the centerpiece of this pelicans team but eventually if you're the new orleans pelicans you have to decide whether you need to cut your losses and move on given zion's injury history and i couldn't blame them if they said hey if we expect this guy to be our franchise guy and he's not available history has shown you that it only really gets worse because it becomes a routine problem if it's not the foot it's a hamstring and who knows what it could be next Courtney, if it's me, you evaluate all options this summer if you're New Orleans. And you think about what it would take for you to feel comfortable making that move. And this is the issue I think they're going to have. Because any team that they call and say, hey, what would you give us? They might give you a couple picks. And they might give you one young, up-and-coming, really good player. But... I don't think anybody is going to push everything into acquire Zion for all the reasons that we've laid out with the health concerns. And it speaks to Perk's point. You can't just unilaterally say, all right, well, they're going to trade him because no team is just going to move somebody if they're not feeling like they get sufficient value in return. What I would tell you, though, in the case of Zion here in New Orleans and in all the other cases around the league the last few years, I'm living it on a daily basis in Brooklyn, watching the Nets. You can make a move and trade your star. And in the Nets case, for example, you get Mikhail Bridges. They really love him. They think he can develop into an all-star. They get a bunch of first-round picks. Maybe they'll turn into something down the line. But it is so hard to get another star back. And once you make that decision... Even if you have Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum, it's a nice team, and you could get some assets in return, but that is not a team that will be in championship contention anytime soon. And that is the issue. When you trade a star, historically, it takes many, many years to get back into a place where you can get a star to play for your team and you can consistently contend for a championship again. And giving up a star, like who's to say these issues would not pop up at the franchise he goes to? Are you just giving up at that point? If you are the acquiring franchise, are you saying we're willing to part with only a certain bit of our roster, maybe some future draft capital too, and take on Zion Williamson, but we don't actually expect him to fulfill his potential that he had when he was coming out of the league, coming into the league in 2019. Is that how a team approaches this? Uh If you're approaching trading for Zion, Courtney, it is a complete, complete belief that your culture will bring the best out of Zion and you and your training staff will be able to keep him on the floor. 
the team that pops up in my mind as we have this conversation that I think could handle this type of situation, it's the Miami Heat. The Heat have the training staff in place, the culture in place. Pat Riley has always said, well, our players are going to be in the best shape of their lives. We are going to get them prepared to do anything they can in order to contend for another championship. But I say that also knowing that when you look at that Miami roster and you look at their assets, I don't know if they've got what New Orleans would want back in any kind of deal. I mean, the Tyler Hero deal kicks in. And he's on a max extension. Jimmy is going to be 34 years old. He's playing at a very high level, but how many more years does he have at this point? You could acquire Zion and make the bet that you can get the best that he has to offer, but you'd still need pieces around him in order to make that push. And I think Miami, in this case, is in between a rock and a hard place in trying to make a move like that. Feels like a gamble not every NBA team would be willing to take, despite the ceiling, which still appears like it's relatively high for Zion Williamson. But that floor continues to rise with the injuries we've seen and the history of how long it's taken him to come back from multiple injuries. Another injury that we are updating and monitoring right now is Paul George. You could hear a loud gasp on Tuesday night when he fell onto the court. He suffered a severe knee injury, or at least what it looked Looked like at the time the Clippers got some good news, though. According to the t- according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the team announced on Wednesday that he's going to be out for quote at least the next two weeks. He's got a sprained right knee. He's going to be reevaluated in two or three weeks. This is a team that sits in the five spot in the Western Conference standings. Without Paul George, is this a group that ends up holding on to that or tumbling down the standings? Without Paul George, Courtney, any idea? that the Clippers and Steve Ballmer had of making a legit push for the Western Conference and then after that for an NBA title is gone. You can't win if you're the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being 100% healthy. And I'd argue even if they were, I still don't know if they're getting all the way to the top of the West. As we discuss this, though, all I go back to is Four years ago in Las Vegas, everybody's at Summer League, and the news comes down, Paul George and Kawhi are going to sign with the Clippers. And you thought, this team is built to win championships, and they're going to do it right away. And then they couldn't get past the Lakers, the bubble happens, Kawhi gets hurt, and there are always reasons why it doesn't work. But in the blink of an eye, we have gone from – The Clippers' window is wide open with these two stars at the forefront, too. Oh, my gosh. What happens in the offseason? And has their window now closed because of the uncertain health status surrounding Kawhi and PG? If they could only keep all you know, both of them, the entire team on the floor at one point, the potential is there for this to be one of the better teams in the West. They're currently in fifth place in the Western Conference standings. That doesn't mean their playoff spot right now is guaranteed. The Western Conference is a hotly contested conference this year. Only a few games separate number four from the number 12 seed. It'll just take some things getting flipped around for a couple teams that 
are going on a winning streak, that are on a winning streak right now. They need to maintain that while another might hit a slump. So we need to keep an eye on Paul George's injury just to see how serious it ends up being if it takes him two to three weeks or if that is a longer window for him to return to the floor. A reminder, Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Draymond Green to Curry. Curry at the free throw line. Steps back to the three-point line. Steph Curry doing Steph magic things. Gets the three-pointer to fall. Well, what do you know? The Golden State Warriors won a road game on Monday at the Houston Rockets, 121-108. It was their first road win since they beat Washington. January 16th, so nearly two months separating road win dates for the Golden State Warriors. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedel. I know I'm kind of like poking fun at this a little bit, but their road struggles have actually become a thing this year. The stat I was just reading about how few games separate number four from number 12, where the Golden State Warriors fall in that mix in the Western Conference, that margin's very thin, but this is a team that is just struggled on the road this year. I don't know exactly what it is. I'm hoping you can shed a little bit of light on that because it feels like they're a completely different team away from the Chase Center. And I don't know how seriously we can take a team like that that can't win games consistently away from their home arena. Can't, Courtney, we can't. <laughs> I mean, we just can't buy that this team can finally find its way after the malaise of this year. Initially, early in the season – when you spoke to people, not only in that Warriors organization, but across the league who had watched them, the easy answer was, ah, it's a championship hangover. These guys are older now. The games don't matter as much. And people are not as laser-focused night to night as they were in the motivation and trying to win another title. That's long gone. And this team just cannot find its way on the road. You've got the uncertainty about Andrew Wiggins. When, if he will return this season, he's dealing uh, with some personal stuff. You've got uh, Steph Curry, who is out for uh, a big chunk of the year dealing with his own injuries. He's back now, and we know that he can play at the highest possible level. The question, Courtney, to me as I watch this team is, who else is going to follow him? Draymond can still give you a bunch defensively, but the key to that team last season that won a title were in those games where Otto Porter Jr. or Gary Payton II or the bench was coming out of the woodwork to help out and to stabilize that starting unit that had done so much. I think Clay Thompson has shown that he's starting to really get back into form but we can talk about the championship DNA and all the buzzwords that every title team uses. When you have these type of splits and they are this poor on the road compared to at home, that is not a team that screams to me that they've got it this year, and I wouldn't buy them as a legit title contender. Well, fortunately for the Golden State Warriors, it's not like this is going to be too hard of a road stretch, so we think. So they just beat Houston. Now they go on the road and play Dallas. That game we have on our airwaves tonight on select ESPN radio stations, Warriors Mavericks, followed by Lakers Suns coverage beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'd like to think the way that Dallas, in a way, has been slumping recently. There's 36 and 36, second in their division right now. But again, in that mix of four through 
through 12 in the Western Conference, teams that have such such few games and such, uh, you know, not much separating them, and especially a team like the Dallas Mavericks, maybe they can capitalize on some of this momentum if there is such a thing and winning one road game in nearly two months. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too sarcastic about it. <laughs> um, but team that is kind of in a vulnerable spot right now is that Lakers, or excuse me, that Suns team that we have, Suns-Lakers followed by, which comes after Warriors-Mavericks on ESPN Radio tonight. The Suns are slumping, like right? Like, am I not seeing that like in the right way? Because they're five and five in their last ten, one of four in their last five. No Kevin Durant, no DeAndre Ayton in LA tonight. Is it possible? And I know this is more, you know, kind of speaking it into the ether than actually anything tangible. This is a Lakers team that's on the outside looking in once again in the postseason picture. Can they take advantage of where they are right now in the final 10 or so games of the regular season to actually make a push to this thing? Just knowing how few games separate them as the 11th seed from even like the Golden State Warriors. They're one and a half games back of, of, of the Warriors right now who are the six. Courtney, I don't trust the Lakers at all. When you have been this inconsistent for this long and you go back to the start of the season, they couldn't win a game. They couldn't find any rhythm. They made the deals at the deadline, and you thought, all right, well, maybe you have a little bit more of a chance given what Rob Palenka did. Well, then LeBron gets hurt, and nobody can count on Anthony Davis because, much like Zion Williamson, while we all agree that the talent is there, you can't trust him to be healthy enough to contribute each night. So, no, I don't buy that suddenly the Lakers are going to go on a little bit of a streak, get into the playoffs, and make a run. Could they win a game or two, especially if LeBron returns and he's feeling good? Sure. He's still LeBron. He's still playing at an incredibly high level. But this is a Lakers group that just does not have the pieces to make you realistically believe that they can make that push for two months in a postseason. That's where the good teams and the great teams are separated. Because when you have to have the depth in order to make everybody feel like now is your time and you can get contributions over the course of many different series and many different exchanges with teams in the playoffs. So as much as the hype will always live around LeBron and the Lakers, this is not a team when you look at it on paper and in reality that has a realistic chance this season. All right, so they're going to continue on here trying to make a push late in the month of March, early into April. They're the 11th seed right now. There's a chance, but I think we said the same thing about this team last year at this point of the season. We'll see if history repeats itself or if the Lakers are able to capitalize on some of the slumping that they're seeing from teams that they're facing here down the stretch of the regular season. Reminder, on ESPN Radio tonight, coverage beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time on select stations, Warriors Mavericks followed by Lakers Suns. Straight ahead, a big week for the future stars of the NFL. It is Pro Day season. We get into it next here in Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Ohio State wrapped up its pro day this afternoon. Bunch of future NFL stars on display. Everybody from C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Paris Johnson Jr. All three players we expect to be off the board by the end of the first round of the draft. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, Nick Ferdell hanging out with you on this Wednesday afternoon presented by Progressive Insurance. And when we're watching the pro day unfold on ESPN, I know the NFL Live carried a big portion of C.J. Stroud's pro day. I'm looking in the back and seeing the amount of NFL personnel, people that I know, and just how many faces there were all locked in on C.J. Stroud. Usually pro days, maybe you send a max of like three people from one department. But in seeing some of the numbers that were reported, 14 representatives, including owner David Tepper and his wife, Nicole, for the Carolina Panthers, along with general manager Scott Fritterer and head coach Frank Reich, a litany of people on that staff. New York Giants sent nine people. The Saints sent a bunch of people. It's remarkable the resources teams dedicate at this time of the year knowing how much game film they have of these guys. Like, I don't know whether they think a pro day is really going to change your perception of a player, or if it's more just a perception to everybody else in the league of, hey, we actually might be really interested in this guy, or maybe you're putting out a smoke screen. Nonetheless, very well-attended event in Columbus today. Courtney, as you well know, the interview process can sometimes make or break different picks, but specifically – I go back to being in Chicago when the Bears took Mitch Trubisky (laughs) and the feeling and the the story around that pick was that what put Trubisky over the edge in the Bears front office's mind was they took him to dinner. He drove, you know, some old car that he'd had forever. And everybody felt like, oh, we can trust this guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. As people watch C.J. Stroud now and Todd McShay and many others will be at Bryce Young's Pro Day tomorrow, what are teams looking for in these Pro Days or in these interviews that take them from, I don't know where I stand on this guy, to 
this is the guy I want my franchise to build around, and I feel comfortable with this player as the face of my team. Pro days help with that. Don't get me wrong, because you have a chance to go out to dinner with these prospects to have a little bit more one-on-one time. But remember, there's more than just your franchise there. There's several others that are trying to get one-on-one time with these players. You have top 30 visits for a reason, private workouts. You can schedule, I think, as many as you want. I mean, they get expensive. But if you're looking for your franchise quarterback, no cost is spared in that search. Now, C.J. Stroud did meet with the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, and he had a chance to talk with ESPN NFL draft analyst Todd McShay earlier this afternoon about how that meeting went. It was a blessing, man. Uh, Mr. Tepper is definitely a great man. Um, his wife, Miss Tepper, is, is, is really awesome. Uh, she's kind of funny. She, <laughs> she came along, yeah, too? Yeah, she told me she's going to watch me. She got eyes on me everywhere I go. So that's cool. I, I love that, man, just having that mom figure. So, And we talked about her playing basketball in college and little things like that. So it was just it was great to get to know them and who they are as, as people and how, they, um, how they're how uh, they really in the community doing uh, trying to uh, make things right. And I know they work with Reform Alliance and somebody I've, I've actually partnered up with. Um, so... Uh, really, it was just great to kind of see all the different things that they're they're involved with, not only just football, uh, kind of pick their brains and show them what kind of, not only what kind of great football player and man of God I want to be and uh, who I am, but I want to be a better businessman. I think they're willing to help. You know it's serious when the owner shows up to a pro day. That's not typically something that NFL owners flock to. And David Tepper has owned this team now for six-something years, six years, and they've had quarterback futility since 2018. It's been a revolving door that has featured eight different quarterbacks since the start of that season, eight starting quarterbacks since 2018. You think he wants to get the position fixed this year, and you think there's some pressure, Nick, on the front office to do so? I mean, sending your owner or him choosing to come to the pro day in his own right very much is reflective of the heat that's on this coaching staff in front office to make this decision and make the right one. Uh, Cordy, especially when you've given up the capital that they did to be put in the place that they're in now and making the move with the Bears. But the thing that cracked me up and Todd McShay, when he was on with us earlier, referenced this, but hearing it in the interview and in the conversation, it wasn't just that David Tepper was there. It was that he brought his wife with him. And his wife is having this back and forth with C.J. Stroud saying, hey, I'm not going to let you out of my sight. I want to know where you're going to be. That tells me, having listened to enough of these interviews through the years, that right now, and Todd told us as much earlier, it feels like the Panthers are leaning towards making C.J. Stroud their guy. Now, things can change. We'll see what happens with, at Bryce Young's Pro Day, but to have that many people, and, and you've seen it through time, when you have that many people show up and seem that invested in the process of getting to know a potential draft pick, that would tell me that the Panthers are going to probably end up picking Stroud. And, and when there is all that speculation around one guy, that's usually what occurs in this process historically. Even before they traded the number one, they traded to Chicago to get the number one pick, sending four draft picks and wide receiver DJ Moore in the process. The buzz around Carolina was not about Bryce Young, who many consider the top draft prospect in this group. It was CJ Stroud through and through 
throughout the offseason. And I always wondered why, like, they seem to be the only team that said C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young with their actions and with the information that we had found out from the Combine, Senior Bowl, what have you, throughout the last two months. Todd McShay, again, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, was on with us earlier. Here's why he believes Stroud has the edge over Bryce Young, not only with Carolina, but potentially with anybody in the NFL Draft. Frank Wright, the head coach of Carolina, is used to dealing with bigger quarterbacks. From Peyton Manning to Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz to Nick Foles, all the way recently Matt Ryan, all 6'4 to 6'6". Bryce Young is is 5'10 and change. C.J. Stroud, 6'3". I'm not saying that that's a tiebreaker, but certainly you have to factor that in. I've also heard from different people who I rely on that Bryce Young is is the the leader right now. But it it seems to me like C.J. Stroud would be a, I don't want to say a better fit, but a more familiar fit for Frank Reich. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see to see how it all plays out. But I truly believe it, it really is coming down to C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And right now, if I, if I was a betting man, I would say Stroud has a slight advantage. That was ESPN NFL draft analyst Todd McShay on Stroud over Young. Why Bryce, why Bryce Young does not have the edge over C.J. Stroud when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. And the comment that Frank Reich made the other day about don't look too much into my quarterback history past where I've had big quarterbacks. I did have a high grade on Russell Wilson coming out of college. But history tells us that the quarterbacks that he has had, whether it was in Philly with the Eagles or whether it was with the Indianapolis Colts as the head coach there, he wants bigger guys. Bigger oftentimes leads to better durability, and that is a concern with Bryce Young. That's not a concern right now with C.J. Stroud, who had a great pro day today. He put on... You know, a lot of accurate throws, a lot of deep throws, not the underneath stuff that we often see as quarterbacks are trying to make sure they stay mistake-free in front of NFL scouts. He was showing off a little bit and certainly looked good in front of a team that may be drafting him number one overall in just over a month. Straight ahead, three and out, one big East AD sounding off after losing his head coach to another team in the conference. We'll get into that next. Coming up here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Three and out on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Ferdell, kicking it with you on this Wednesday evening. Ed Cooley has a new job. He went from Providence to Georgetown. Georgetown announcing yesterday the finalization of the hire as their new as Ed Cooley as their new head coach. That didn't exactly sit well with Providence AD Steve Napolillo. The Big East was built on dignity, respect, and camaraderie. When we reconfigured in 2013, we were all in together. We root for each other when we're not playing for each other, and I just don't think it's a good look for a fellow institution. As I said, is it, should I be going out right now and hiring another Big East coach? So there's a trickle-down effect. Uh, we have way too much, um, you know, we love the league way too much to start that type of carousel. Oh, come on. Spare me with that. Steve Napolillo, AD of Providence. Like, you're upset that another institution in your conference poached someone who did yeoman's work at Providence. They went to seven NCAA tournaments with Ed Cooley as their head coach. They were... They, they achieved what they could, all that they could under Ed Cooley, and now he's going to a place that he's trying to restore back to prominence after Patrick Ewing Jr. effectively dug it into a very deep hole. Now, I get it. Like, you don't want to see somebody necessarily go within the conference. We don't see interconference hires all that often. But to act like there was any sort of quote-unquote foul play here by Georgetown for poaching Ed Cooley from Providence, I'm sure he could have handled it differently because there's reports of did he put his house on the market in the middle of the season? Was he more or less recruiting for Georgetown during his final season with Providence? I don't know. None of, no hiring, no hiring and no like departure is ever easy. There's always some mess to be cleaned up, Nick. But I just think that this is a silly move for an AD of one school who was fortunate to have stability in the men's basketball program for so long to be this upset that Ed Cooley leveled up and went somewhere else. Hey, Steve, welcome to college athletics in 2023. How do you think all the Pac-12 schools feel, Courtney, when USC and UCLA were like, hey, guys, uh, we're out of here. See ya. (laughs) Going to the Big Ten, this is... Just crying over something that you can't fix. The only surprise in all of this to me is that Ed Cooley was all about Providence, from Providence, met his wife in Providence. I've I've read the whole story. I respect the hell out of him as a coach. And then, up, oh, I'm out. But, again, this is the way of college athletics now, and I don't begrudge anybody who, who is trying to find a better job or mon- more money for that reason. I can understand why Providence fans are unhappy. They think this is a lateral move because of where Georgetown is right now. I get that. Georgetown hasn't been relevant for a very long time. They have not had a winning record in Big East play since the 15-16 season. But when you have a chance to go to a program, it's a new challenge for him to restore Georgetown to prominence. That's more than just a challenge. That's an absolutely massive undertaking. So good luck to Ed Cooley as he tries to get this team back into being anywhere in the relevant sphere because Georgetown hasn't been, at least for the right reasons. But to act like this is some sort of federal case where you can't take somebody from within your conference and offer them a job and have them take a job is a little bit like too much of the holier-than-thou realm for me. But 
Oh, well. Steve Napolillo, not happy right now. Hope you find a new coach who uh, doesn't upset you with his future choices. Courtney, the holier-than-now realm, though. Think about St. John's. And they're professional. Speaking, speaking of a team in the Big East, maybe Steve Napolillo was more upset about that than <laughs> Georgetown hiring Ed Cooley, someone who's very deserved. And as far as we know, no scandals attached to his name. <laughs> Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedel, Houston Astros star second baseman Jose Altuve had surgery to repair a fractured right thumb. He's not going to remain resume baseball activities for at least two months. Months, Dana Brown, the general manager of the Astros, said on Wednesday, you'll remember Altuve was playing for Venezuela in the WBC, and he hurt his hand on Saturday when he was drilled by a 96-mile-an-hour fastball by Team USA pitcher Daniel Bard. Tough break, literally. Literally and figuratively, I still think there's a lot more net positives that came out of the World Baseball Classic, but these injuries, this one, Edwin Diaz and others, are ones that we have to talk about when we talk about the 2023 World Baseball Classic in totality. Courtney, if you want players to play at the highest level like they are playing for something and it means something to them, these types of injuries are going to occur when the emotion and the pride are this high for players playing in the tournament. It's part of the deal, and baseball and Rob Manfred have said all along they'll do it all over again a few years from now. All right, one more item here. Washington Commanders soon-to-be second-year running back, Brian Robinson Jr., who was shot ahead of the 2022 season. He ends up returning miraculously from gunshot wounds. He celebrated his 24th birthday today. An awesome story of resilience, of redemption for him to get back on the field last year. And today he gets to see his 24th birthday. So happy birthday to you, Brian Robinson. Commanders may soon have a new owner that includes Magic Johnson. We'll see their ownership group, or at least one that right now is interested in expanding their prospects zeroing in on Daniel Snyder's and Tanya Snyder's team worth $5.6 billion. We got to get out of here straight ahead. An NBA doubleheader coverage beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations. This has been Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.